Notes from the Upper West Side, a novel by Dan Wrench. Chapter 88. No more jewels for you. You know, she said, and she looked away at the wall. I stared at the ass cleavage visible below the tail of her blouse. Your cock exploded in my mouth just now, and not for one second did I think germs. Yeah, I said, but come on, babe. Let's be honest, Dick is not asshole. Oh my God, she said. She sat up and stared down at me. It was like I was Dorian Gray and I just showed her my picture. Oh, fuck. I fucked it up, I said. She stared at me grim. I just feel so guilty. I wanted to be good. I wanted to perform so good for you. And I fucked it up by coming too soon. What are you talking about? She said. But it wasn't cruel. It was like she was really trying to figure me out. And she looked at me to say it. So we had eye contact again. I told her all about the gym and holding it back in the home stretch to test my kegels. Yeah, I kind of left Fat Fern out of the story. And Terry, and the running, and the sneaking around so my wife wouldn't suspect. And as I'm telling her all this, I'm starting to see her soften up again. And it was all true. I had the best of intentions. I wanted this night to be all about a big rod for her. Oh, wow, she said. Well, I, I really appreciate the thought. If Parp hadn't given me that Corvifil at the last minute, the fucktard, he sabotaged me. Well, you're supposed to orgasm first if you want an erection all night on top of a stimulant like that, she said. What? They call it a Hollywood hard-on. She looked at me and kind of leered. Hollywood? Yeah, two-headed, like a Hollywood nail. I just stared at her. I couldn't believe it. So, you've been talking to Parp about me? She jumped off the bed. Yup, she said. This guy I barely know, who I can't even remember what he looks like except for the long hair and shades and t-shirts. Who isn't even a schmuck book friend? We talk all the time. Talk. Text. How else would I know about Hollywood's dumbass? She pronounced it with the hard B again. Seriously. How do you get to be 30 and still pronounce dumbass with the B from Dumbbell? Just kidding, I kind of said. No, you're not. You're dead serious. You are so fucking hung up on Tony Parp. Oh my god, ever since I met you, you can't talk for ten minutes straight without Tony Parp coming up. Who the fuck is this guy, your crack dealer? He's got the stuff and you need the stuff? I think you're in love with him. You want to lick his nipples. Have you ever thought about that, that you might be in love with him? I sat up. That... That is really uncalled for, I said. She laughed. <laughs> she opened her backpack and got out a pair of jeans and pulled them on and tucked in her blouse like she was slamming the door to the vault. No more jewels for you, 
She whipped the skirt off the floor and threw it on the bureau by the TV, and she was racing. Like she got a $100 bonus for making it to the hallway in 60 seconds or less. And part of my mind knew that all of this portended the most excruciating self-recriminations in the very near future. You ever go through something that's such a disaster that part of you detaches from reality? And this part of you that's detached is in awe of how what's going on right now is going to warp your self-image until you're so old you can't remember the image is yours? She giggled again like she was begging me to ask her why. <laughs> so I bit. What's so funny? Mommy's roomy cunt, she said. I almost broke out laughing. Mommy's cunt is too roomy for daddy. Is that why you don't fuck your wife? Thanks, but I have a therapist for that. Because I was checking her out on Schmuckbug, and you know what? She's hot. I'm bi and I'd eat her cunt. I wish I was eating it now. Her great, big, roomy cunt. I sighed and shook my head. Nah, she isn't bi. She hadn't checked out Junior. She was just saying that to get back at me for pointing out the straight-up empirical fact that asshole is not hygienic. So I'm a bad guy, I guess, because I speak the truth, but my timing sucks. She grabbed her plaid schoolgirl skirt off the bureau where she'd thrown it a second before and stuffed it into the little brown backpack like there was absolutely no friction in her muscles or skeleton. Like she had little cushions of light where her joints should be. She slung the backpack over her shoulder by one of its black straps and in a second she was at the door and opened it. Nice blowing you, daddy, she said. She was almost out the door when I said, Cammy, in the daddy voice. She turned a little to look at me. Daddy's gonna hunt you down and drill you deep. She rolled her eyes. Please, she said. A half second later, she was gone. The door kind of slammed, but not much. Now I was sitting all alone in a hotel room. Again. There was the minibar and the big flat-screen TV. I guessed I could kick back and guzzle a few drinks and watch some porn or maybe a movie on woke flicks, or both. But I couldn't drink myself plastered and then sleep it off like I did last time because the alibi said my shift ended just after midnight, which gave me about five hours to stay awake and sober. Five hours to do... something. I could hear the ventilation ventilating. I laid back down on the bed. Yep, I thought I should have slammed big crap Cynthia. Notes from the Upper West Side is a work of fiction. The people depicted in this work do not exist. Notes from the Upper West Side, copyright 2021, by Dan Wrench.